Hey, how you doing? It's Clayton here from howtodrawcomics.net and welcome to today's episode of the HTDC Podcast. Today, I'm here with Ed Foychuk. Say hi, Ed. How you doing? Hey, guys. And uh, today, what we're talking about is getting more art commissions, something that all of us freelance artists are looking to do. And uh, we'll kind of bring portfolios into it a little bit as well later on because, of course, that's an important part of actually getting commissions and sending people to the right place in order to check out the artwork that you can do. So, Ed, (laughs) commissions. (laughs) I love them. They're fun. I enjoy them. I've been doing them now for almost as long as I've been back doing art. Let's say a dozen years or so. I don't know why, but as soon as I started drawing again, people started paying me for their, to do them. And I was like, wow, this is cool. <laughs> That's really cool. So what, what do you think, why do you think it is as soon as you started drawing, you started getting more commissions? Was it that you were putting your work out there a little bit more? Was it just that you had a style that people found desirable enough to pay for? Like, what do you think it was? Oh no, it totally wasn't my style or my skill. No, I'm gonna, and that's yep. not even being me. That's not no sarcasm attached to that at all, man. Yeah, that was like, uh, I was just really getting back into it. You know what it was, and I'm gonna say this is a huge part of commissions, yep. and it's one of the most underrated part of commissions, but it's there, is community. Mm. Okay, um, at the time that I, I was transitioning from. Uh, MMORPGs like I was playing a lot of games and stuff like that and I started drawing again and stuff and the one that I was playing at the time was City of Heroes right and in City of Heroes they had a a forum section you know back when forums were bigger and stuff on their official forums was actually an entire fan art section right and so a lot of people would be posting fan arts and a lot of them were screen caps that were slightly edited Uh, I, I think I even did that I made an entire comic uh you know just taking screen caps and then uh putting some lettering in and bubbles and stuff like that right and then um then there were some people uh that started actually drawing and and putting up their art and stuff um let's see i'm trying to remember who was posting there but uh jamaro kindred i think i don't know if you know him from world of warcraft he was an official artist later on 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 that uh for blizzard and stuff right okay cool um but there's there's some really doug schuler um who did uh magic the gathering cards and stuff like that he was posting on these forums um there's a there was a lot of guys that had quality artwork and there was a lot of a lot of up-and-coming people that that had up-and-coming quality right and so i guess what i'm getting at is like the the community was super supportive i I posted a couple pictures up and people were like, hey, could you draw my, my OC, my original character, right? And yeah, sure. How much? Oh, I think it was five bucks or something. It didn't, you know, the money wasn't the thing. It was just all of a sudden I was starting to, to make money off of it, right? And so I think that's one aspect that a, a lot of people kind of neglect when it comes to commissions is community. Like you got to figure who, who wants to get a, a drawing done? Yeah. Well, there's yeah. the, the, the collectors, right? And so the collectors are going to be collecting, you know, maybe they want Batman done by 10 different artists or something like that, right? But even then, they're going to be in uh, art collecting communities or something or commission communities that you'll find on Facebook, right? Um, But other than that, you know, I've had so many of my commissions from gaming communities and from 
like Dungeons and Dragons communities and stuff like that, right? They want their characters drawn up. They want something sitting in front of them as they're rolling that dice, right? Absolutely, man. And it is kind of like this untold little gem of knowledge for us freelance artists because um, what you know, oftentimes when we set out to to give to try and sell our artwork, we we have this tendency to think it's all about our artwork, and and you know it'll kind of sell itself, but. That's not it at all. In fact, a lot of this all comes down to the customer and what they're looking for. And so how do you get more work as a freelance artist? Well, you got to go where the customers are going to be. And you're t- 100% right, man. You know, when you can engage in a computer, in a community like Dungeons and Dragons with a bunch of people, and I, I know what you're talking about, man, because all of them want their characters drawn. Yeah. And and you can kind of show them what you can do. Maybe show them a bunch of other Dungeons and Dragons characters that you've created beforehand, and you start posting it on these communities. You know, showing examples of what you're able to create, then sure. that captures their attention immediately. And you know, I think it it's a hundred percent important to become involved in these communities and engage to create connections with these people and and genuine like friendships with them you know actually commenting on on their posts and and lending them your insights and your interest asking them questions and then sharing some of what you do as well so that it's kind of like this this transaction of ideas and and value that you're giving to one another because here's the number one rule of thumb when it comes to getting a customer people first and foremost trust their family, and then they trust their friends. And yep. usually when their family or their friends tell them or su- advise them to buy something because it's cool or awesome, um, they'll buy it because they trust their family and friends, right? So if you've created a connection with these people online and you've, you've forged this bond with them, they're going to be much more susceptible to, to getting you to do a commission for them than they would a stranger. And usually, it, your work doesn't even have to be as good as the next guy's. But if you've got that relationship there, it's going to put you miles above in terms of perceived reputation and trust. Yeah, I'm going to say it, it definitely bumps you a few levels. Like, um, let's say, <laughs> I hate to do do the whole rank my artwork type of thing but let's yeah. say you're drawing at a five out of ten or whatever yeah by being a regular in that community and and not a fake regular but an authentic regular of the community where people like you want to support you and that kind of stuff uh it now bumps you to a seven out of ten or something you know it bumps you a couple levels up where mm. you're you're probably getting more work than than guys or girls that could probably outdraw you a little you know and but it's it's your communication that that mm. does it for you you know communication is huge and i think that's that's you know community communication those are two massive points for me yeah big time man a hundred percent it's um you know you, you made me think of something there actually um what was it i lost it <laughs> okay i'll, I'll um, jump in here for a quick second yeah, yeah absolutely um, I'm not going to name his name, but uh, I've mentioned him before on podcasts and stuff like that. The reason I'm not naming him is because um, his English isn't great. And so this is why I'm kind of bringing it up in this point. And he, we, me and him were sitting down and talking about uh, uh, commissions and stuff. He's like, Ed, you know, I, I want to live off of my commissions. I want to be making enough to, to really, you know, that's the only thing I need to do and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I, I advise him to join these communities and to do this kind of thing. But because his his English is limited, his communication 
wasn't really um, hitting the expectations and stuff I got, right? Yeah. Like uh, he, he was missing the mark. And, and here's, here's one really important thing when it comes to communication for commissions. Um, even being native speakers in the same language, uh, people who are doing commissions uh, or who are requesting commissions can sometimes be really frustrating. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They'll, they'll lay something down. They'll be like, oh, yeah, I want, I want this character with a hat and standing over here and, and mm-hmm. doing this. And they're, they're kind of vague. They, maybe they don't have it. They're either not effectively communicating it or it hasn't quite been fleshed out in their own mind and stuff. Mm. So you go home, you draw a little sketch, you send it off to them. They're like, no, 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 no. That, that was a cowboy hat. And, he, <sighs> and, and he's standing on a spaceship. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. So part of the communication as an artist is to be able to uh, draw more out of it. Like saying, hey, listen, before I even start here, I'm going to need some more details. I'm going to need this and that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one thing I helped my buddy with was the communication on the onset of, of uh, exchange. So if somebody communicates with you and they say, hey, listen, I'm looking at getting commission. Oh, that's awesome. And so some preliminary questions that I kind of wrote down for him and stuff like that, right? Just to get, uh, to get things going. And then an explanation yep. of the process. Whenever somebody commissions me, I always have a very clear explanation of the process. Okay, uh, kind of phase one is you giving me your description and me doing up uh, some s- sample sketches for you. Once we pass into phase two, there's no more change of the layouts. There's no more change of the overall thing. We can just change it. And then, you know, each stage goes from uh, from sketch to pencils to, to inks to colors, and we don't go back any stages uh, cool. in the process or anything. Once we've passed those stages, then there's no going backwards and stuff, right? Unless yeah. it's a whole new project, right? So to me, community, communication, uh, those are two massive things. And as I was talking, Clayton, yeah. oh, another C, community, communication and Clayton have you remembered what you were going to say when I was talking about communication uh, yeah I did actually funnily okay. enough um, so you know I was going to say before that uh, people just don't commission you for your art they commission you for who you are as as a person and uh, oftentimes that's how you get repeat customers as well it's not just that you're good at what you do but maybe you deliver it on time and maybe just, you know, communicating with you is a pleasurable experience with very little confusion. It's very straightforward. It's very to the point. People know where they sit with one another when it comes to negotiating with you and when it comes to, you know, talking about the kind of changes that, you know, they want you to make and, and the, you know, that, that conversation, that back and forth. Yep. Um, if you can't do that, even if the, you know, the commission goes all the way from the start to the end, that that experience of working with you isn't going to be a great one if you haven't got your commu- communication down and you haven't forged a strong relationship with that person, a strong bond. And it's almost 100% guaranteed if you're available to do more work for them, they will come back to you and they'll ask you to do something else if you've done a good job. Sure. So, yeah, man, it's, it comes down to more than just the work, what you're able to do. It comes down to who you are. I want to add one more thing into that communication mm. thing is that uh, other people are watching. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. depending on how you're communicating and what platforms, um, of course, private messages, they get shared sometimes, especially if something is said that shouldn't be or whatever, right? But a lot of times, a lot of communication is done kind of on a, public setting, do you know what I mean? Public mm-hmm. forums, public groups, whatever it is. And people are watching how you react 
to a customer, to a potential customers, uh, to customers that are unhappy. Um, you know, it, it's there's a lot of a lot of extra eyes that are viewing those posts and stuff like that and those exchanges mm. and stuff. Right. So, you know, it's don't just think that you're communicating with that that one client. Uh, you are you're 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 giving them the best service you can. But that also reflects and, and ripples out there and other people are going to be seeing it and stuff. Right. So, you yeah. know, even if somebody um, and I've had this, you know, I, I had this the other when was it? couple weeks ago on my on Udemy somebody gave me a a not the nicest review right and uh, I had a I had this review and I was kind of looking at it for a while and the guy was like it was on my anatomy course and I'm pretty decent in anatomy right and this guy kind of hit me with a few um, counterpoints or whatever he's like oh you know it doesn't do this and you did this wrong and blah 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 and I was like I kind of did my research and I I double checked to make sure I was right and I I was right and he's he's kind of wrong but you know, you know what? When I replied to his 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 post, I just said, "Hey, thanks for taking the time to review, and uh, I'm sorry to disappoint you." You know, because I thought, you know, that particular setting and that particular person, I don't think it would have went over well to to have any type of exchange. Mm. Sometimes when you're sitting with a buddy, you can have an exchange and a, and a discussion and say, "Oh, well, you know." No, the pec inserts, uh, you know, deeper into the shoulder, blah, blah, blah. You can have these kind of, you know, discussions about art or whatever it is and stuff, right? And yeah. you, can, and you yeah. can learn from each other. But when I was looking at that review that he gave me, I was like, you know what? If I try to argue with him, I, the, I won't learn anything from this. And I don't think he will. And, yeah, I don't think anybody else looking at it will either, you know? Mm. Um so I don't think there's really any benefit for it other than to say, hey, you know, I'm sorry to disappoint. And that was it, right? Yeah, that's it, man. You know, there's a time and a place to, to pick your battles and to choose when or not you, you win them as well. Because you don't want to win a battle just to, to lose the war kind of deal, you know? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So you do have so to... I think I lost that battle, actually. I, I, think, I yeah. think I took the loss and I'm like, you know what? I'm okay with this loss, you know, because... Yeah. Overall, I'm getting pretty good reviews and stuff like that, and the occasional loss happens, right? Exactly, man, 100%. And, you know, I think you bring up a good point because that really just translates to to reputation, doesn't it? Um, When your experience with one person ends up impacting your experience with other people in a kind of secondhand way. And honestly, recommendations exist and people talk a lot and it's funny because we were about to talk about portfolios as well that was going to be the topic of today's uh, right, podcast right, right. episode actually I made you think this up a little bit but but you know in in fact uh, a lot of my commissions that I've received and a lot of the work that's come through the pipeline for me has just been through word of mouth and you know the connections and the the relationships that I've made throughout the industry simply by being you know somebody who's easy to get along with who listens, who is respectful and acts in a professional way. And it is so easy to go off at some people and lose your temper. But the moment that you do that, if you're not thinking straight, it can really have a profound impact on the rest of your career, at least with that particular group of people, however they might be connected. And especially if this jumps online, um, that can have a lot of detrimental impacts to you because... 
you know, you think people talk when they're not on online. Well, they certainly talk when they are. And that word of mouth can spread far and beyond. You know, thousands and thousands of people can, can possibly hear about, you know, your the, the, the bad experience that that client might have had with you. And yeah, that's not that's not good publicity for you whatsoever. Remember that essentially as a as a freelancing artist, you're a sole trade you're a sole trader, you're somebody who essentially runs your your own business. And so the way in which you promote and advertise yourself and reputation it works in the same way as any other business would. I agree. I agree. You know, as you were talking, I was just thinking of something and um Yeah. You know, you were talking about referrals and stuff like that and word of mouth and everything. And I was trying to think of, okay, which are the different um, sources, you know, avenues that people come to us uh, as customers, right? You know, mm. when it comes to commissions, right? Um, and so I was kind of writing it down as you were talking. Not that I wasn't listening to you, but I was, mm -hmm. you know, <laughs> writing as we go a little bit, right? Yeah, totally. So I was trying to think of different sources. So I'm going to I'm gonna say some to you and, and I want you to listen to them and then... Uh, Think if there's if I'm missing anything. Okay, yeah. so one one direction that they might come from is more of an official direction, either through companies, agents, um, kind of LinkedIn type of things. Do you know what I mean mm -hmm. of, official? Uh, let's just call it a, a company thing, like company things, right? Okay. Yeah. So that's one yeah. direction, right? Yeah. Um, another direction that they might come in from are groups and forums, communities. Okay? Yes. Another one is word of mouth referrals. Yep. Okay. Another one is uh, specific sites. So this is a little bit different than agents and companies. Like I was thinking companies are the ones that kind of work for you, work with you. You're dealing with some, a, a third party or whatever. Mm -hmm. Some of these sites like Fiverr or wh wherever, they're the third party, but they don't really have any involvement. Your communication is directly with the client, but it's through this, uh, kind of impartial third party or whatever these sites, right? Yeah. Okay. And then the last one that I had in my mind was through uh, comic cons and conventions and in-person meetings of people, of strangers that you don't know. Do you know what I mean? I'm not mm -hmm. talking like uh, your brother-in-law that wants to get a hunting picture done up or something like that or whatever. I'm talking about strangers that you don't know, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So can you think of any other sources other than those ones that I listed? I think you've done pretty good there, actually, man, to be honest. Okay. Um, <laughs> I was just listening to you, and I was thinking, this is some pretty good list here. Right? Mm, it is a pretty good list. The only other thing I'd add to that is um, I think if you can kind of become – have some kind of authoritative association, you know, not in, a, not in a bad sense, but a good sense – within the comic art community, okay, talking about specifically comic book artists. Um, and what I mean by that is maybe setting up a YouTube channel where you give people some some insights, you offer some uh, techniques and tactics, some methods, and, and give them a look into your own process for working. I think that that can be a great way to get eyes on you as an artist and help out the community at the same time, but also yep. bring in potential clients who, um, you know, I mean, they get that extra level of interaction with you, don't they? Beyond just, you know, a, a messaging platform or just seeing your artwork posted online somewhere, they actually get to see you at work and how you work. Um, I think okay. that that can be a, a great way to build a reputation and to, to just get people, you know, talking about you a little bit more. 
I'm going to kind of take what you said there, mm. but I'm going to morph it a little bit. Okay? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think you've got your own little niche going on, you know, and I think that that's, it's a great one. But I'm not sure if everybody would be able to utilize it. But what they could utilize is the greater lesson of what you've done is getting a name for yourself, mm. right? Branding, uh, getting a reputation and that kind of stuff. Absolutely. And so you've got your reputation in the how to draw comics uh, kind of subcategory or whatever and stuff like that. But almost you can, I don't think somebody has to be in that subcategory to build up a reputation. Like it could be the man known for five point perspective warped Kim Jong-gi drawings or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, totally. Oh, yeah. Who was that guy? There's a guy that uh, I see posting on, uh, I can't remember his name right now, but he's like, he always posts being a gi. He's copying or not copying, but studying Kim Jong-gi. Right. Mm. Um, so, you know, once you get to a certain point, how you approach your name or branding or whatever, but I think that alone, that standing alone can, can draw things in mm. for you and stuff. I think whether it's through learning, whether it's through, um, you know, like I had mentioned the guy named Doug Schuler earlier mm. who did Magic the Gathering cards. His cards it, it got him a crazy famous name and then he was always getting commissions off of off of being able to do trading cards during Magic the Gathering, That's right? So like cool. so okay, so this is what I wanted to do with this list, right? Mm-hmm. Looking at the sourcing, and this is gonna be all different for everybody. You know, if we had death on here, his ratio would be different, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever it is. Um, comfort, love, whatever, everybody would have a bit of a different ratio. But I want to talk to you about this because me and you are the only ones talking right now, right? We're the only ones here. Look at this list. And maybe I'm going to say it one more time just so we got it in our heads here, right? Um, For sources, for for sources of customers coming to us, there's kind of an official way through companies and agents. There's groups and communities, Mm -hmm. right? There's referrals, word of mouth, there's the Comic-Con circuit and stuff like that, right? Mm. There are like third-party sites like Fiverr and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's just your name. Yeah. Having your name. And this is, it's a little bit harder to quantify that or to, to grasp onto, but it's like, just your, your brand value that you've, you've been creating through whatever means, right? Like if you're Jim Lee, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> has, all he has to do is whisper, I'm going to do it. My commissions are open. And all of a sudden, like, Boom, you know, he's got to line up a mile deep, right? And so, yep. like, name value, right? Totally. Okay, now I want you to look at all of those, and I'm going to ask you, mm. what would be your top three sources for you? Yeah, um, top three sources would be through the uh, community, um, yep. m- uh, online community, actually. So through How to Draw Comics group, Yep. Uh, referrals, and... Okay. Um, Give me some more examples about that, though, like for referrals. Yeah. Who, how are they coming to you? So as far as referrals go, so these are kind of like um, people who I've worked with before. So this is kind of like not online stuff as far as referrals go. Um, This would be, you know, other teachers that I've worked with, for example, who are also, you know, they have a friend that works in a studio, right? And so they'll pass my name onto that studio. And then, you know, that guy might pass my name on to someone else and, you know, kind of your name starts to spread as as people have a good experience working with you and decide that they have friends that have needs that need to be fulfilled by someone who, you know, they feel is qualified. So of course you'll pop into their head and 
a lot of the time that's been teaching gigs for me, me but uh, as I said, that's a lot of the time how I've got work in studios here in Melbourne actually is, you know, just yep. someone has known someone and I've managed to get my foot in the door because of that. Um, as far as uh, communities go, like online communities, I mean, yep. man, just, you know, the the more that you can get your work out there in front of people, the more eyes that you can get on it, and especially in a community which is as big as how to draw comics, uh, the more chance that there's going to be somebody who sees it, who likes the look of the work that you're doing, and decides that they think that it'd be a good fit for their project, right? It's just a, it's really just a numbers game at that point. So if you can get your artwork to a desirable level, people are going to start contacting you. And most of the people who have contacted me for for commission work i haven't really sought them out they've come to me via facebook messenger and it's really that simple or you know maybe they've sent me an email that's pretty rare usually it's just through facebook uh oddly yep. enough yeah okay and the third one what do you think it would be your i'm gonna guess it i'm gonna say your name brand name brand yeah yeah i, I think you and that's kind know. of an association with the how to draw comics thing and stuff like that I think it's it kind of combines with it all and stuff like that. That's my take on it. Yeah, I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do actually hear that. Actually, even from my brother, he he kind of says, uh, "You know what, man? Like you, you're pretty big." And I'm like, right. I never, I never believe that. Actually, I'm like, you know, there's much, much bigger people out there than me. Like I'm pretty insignificant oh, sure. and unknown. Um, and I think more than anything else, it, it it's. You know, my my name would never ever be enough. It'd have to be maybe a combination of my name. You know, maybe that just increases a tiny tiny bit the validity of my artwork. But I think the artwork itself is a real key. I think I've managed to create something that, you know, people seem to be drawn to, and I enjoy <laughs> creating it. And that's really the selling point of my artwork. Um, you know, I think if somebody said. Uh, yeah, I got this done by Clayton Barton. I think there'd be a certain percent of people that would know it, but obviously most wouldn't. But if they yeah. said, hey, I got it done by Clayton Barton, you know, the guy from howtodrawcomics.net, <laughs> then it would have a greater reach. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. You know, it goes from, let's say, 10,000 people knowing that reference to 100,000 people knowing that reference or something. Mm, do, you know, do you get what I mean? And yeah. so I think your name for you know is linked to how to draw comics it's it's your baby right and so totally. when, when when i talk about name brand and, and reputation i kind of link you two up as as two separate but the same entities ah, thanks man well, well we'll be able to test that out actually because uh i've been doing a, a few commissions here and there for um for a guy i'm not sure if, if he'd mind me uh, mentioning his name here um okay but uh you know, I've actually done a few uh, some commissions for a few people on the on the How to Draw Comics forum. Um, cool. But but you know, and every now and then it's it, it like I, I've been thinking about when he when he posts that out, which he will likely do on on the group. And mm -hmm. you know, I'm wondering how people will respond to that. Um, but it'll probably be when he kind of launches his Kickstarter and and kind of gets that underway. Right. But yep. then then I'll see you know whether or not that affiliation makes any any real difference or impact to you know this. I mean the status of his comic book just because I've worked on it. You know I don't know if it will, and I certainly wouldn't dare say that it would. It it I'd have to wait and see. I think. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. We'd just be guessing at this point. You yeah. know. Like obviously, if if uh. 
and people have tried to abuse this. You know, what was, there was this this little scandal. Uh, somebody tried to publish a uh, a sketch from Michael Turner and oh, put really? it on their book and use like they 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 took that sketch, finished it up, and said, "Hey, Michael Turner did this cover mm. for my book." Right, and then all hell broke loose because people saw what the truth of it and stuff like that. Right, but you know, you put a big name, even a medium name, on on an indie book and stuff, and even if it's a cover, uh, I think you know it 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 pulls in that support. So like, oh yeah, I look at, you know, the How to Draw Comics group has almost forty thousand people in it. Uh, How to Draw Comics. Uh, Facebook page has 20,000 or something like that, right? Yeah. And then your own art page and then your own site, you know, we're, we're looking at close to 100,000 people that might be familiar with you and stuff like that. Wow. And so that's, you know, to me, that's a decent-sized number, man. <laughs> when you put it like that, Ed, I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's pretty decent. I mean, if all those people were in a room, I'd be very intimidated to walk on stage, put it that way. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, 100,000 people is a shitload of people, man. It's a huge That's amount awesome. of people. Um, yeah, and, and I mean, you know, I'm sure they'll, that'll continue growing and, and we'll see where it leads. You know, uh, you know, I was very surprised by the other day uh, when I put out that sketch, which I'd just kind of done up for fun. I just needed to let loose on the page for a little yep. bit and do up a sketch for a little idea I had for a comic book. And, uh, man, it was the one of the best-performing uh, posts that, that I've made in a long time. Um, cool. You know, a good post on Instagram for me is, you know, maybe maybe 400, you know, just to put it in perspective, 400, uh, you know, love hearts. Um, yeah. But this particular post, it got over 2,000, and I was like, what oh, the crap. hell? This is insane, yeah. you know? like. So I'm like, maybe I should be doing comics. Maybe I should have been doing that all along. <laughs> Man, I keep nudging you. I you keep do. nudging you. You do. Um, you know, I think... At a certain point, I'm just going to say, I'm going to make you do one, man. And I'll, I'll be like, I'll color it, you draw it, and let's get this thing out there or something. Totally, man. I mean, it'll be cool. Okay. So for my list here that I'm looking at, um, mm. I got to say my number one source is referrals and word of mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly from previous clients, uh, either they return. So I don't know how I got them to begin with, but <laughs> oh, they mm. keep returning for some strange reason, right? Or they'll be like, uh, hey, you know, I saw what you did for Joe or I saw, you know, that piece you did for Kathy and her husband and stuff like that. Could you do something similar for me? You know, something like that, right? Um, yeah. So referrals, uh, a lot of times it's, most of the time it's from friends of clients, mm -hmm. but sometimes it's even just friends of friends or something like that. Or, you know, though Facebook is kind of scary, awesome in that way. I don't know that it, you know, an image can spread into a lot of different views and stuff. Right. And so yeah. I'll get a lot of people touching on it and stuff and, and contacting me because of that. Right. So yeah, referrals is a big one. Um, yep. the other huge one for me is, uh, groups, forums. I can't say, you know, I actually haven't done any commissions in, I don't know. I haven't really been, I, my commissions have been officially closed for almost a year now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because when I open my commissions, I, I feel like, okay, you know, like I often get five, ten at a time and I'm like, bang, bang, bang. I want to really get working on them. And I don't like to have any other projects on the go. I don't, I don't like yeah. to take a client and then say, well, you know what, I'm, I, I'm, I'm excited for your project, but I'm going to put you down 
the list because I've got other important stuff on the go. No, mm. I, I like when I'm taking clients, I'm like, I, I really want them to know and for me to know that they're my focus at that time, right? Mm. Um, so when I do advertise or do put it out there that I'm looking for commissions, if I, you know, what I'll do is like, let's say I want to open commissions next month or something like that. I'll just put it on my own Facebook page and I'll maybe um, drop a few pieces in a few different groups that I'm in, like uh, X-Men groups or Marvel groups or, or whichever, you know, like I mentioned before, Dungeons and Dragons groups or original characters groups or something like that, right? Yeah. And I'll just say, hey, guys, just so you know, I'm, I'm, open, I'm opening up my commissions again. If anybody's interested, contact me. And whenever I've done that, I've never because I'm already a member of these groups. So I'm, even if I'm not opening my commissions, I'm still in those groups posting art or commenting on other people's art or commenting on some cool news that dropped in or some rumor or something like that. So, so a lot of times they'll already know me. Um, mm-hmm. So like I've even kind of contacted some of the administrators because we know as, as group administrators on Facebook, some people can be very annoying if they're just <laughs> trying to sell, sell, sell. Right. And so I'd be like, Hey, Hey buddy. Um, you know, I'm I'm sorry. I, I hope this post is okay. And they'll be like, hell yeah, you're a good member here. You know, like that's, it's don't totally. even worry about it. You know, they, they react really quickly. Like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm part of the community. So I think being part of that community, all I have to do is kind of put it out there and say, Hey, I'm, I'm kind of interested again. Or some people ask me and I'll be like, yeah, I'll be opening it up next, next month or something like that. And that's mm. when I get and where I get a lot of my commissions from. Um, yeah, I think those are my main ones. Those those two are mm. massive. I, when I look at agents and companies, um, yeah, I've never really had that here and there, right? Yeah, I've I've been contacted a few times, and uh, I've never had an agent. I've had a number of agents contact me, and I'm like, uh, you know, here's the problem: is that I don't lack for commissions. So yeah. if I really wanted to, I think I could probably do them full time, right? And so I think what the agent would do agents do two things uh they get you the commissions and then they negotiate the details of it and stuff like that right Mm -hmm. but i don't have any problems getting those commissions so i guess it'd be nice to somebody negotiating and communicating but then that's just a third person in the mix of the communication process (laughs) that can kind of slow things down sometimes right so i'm sure there's some awesome agents out there and some awesome companies doing it and stuff like that but for me right now it's not needed i don't know what do you think for you have you ever used agents or companies no not at all man i've I've never used any agents or any companies and okay um okay you know i've knocked i've actually knocked back a lot of a lot of commissions to be honest just because you know i've had a lot of other stuff that i've been working on as you know with how to draw comics.net you know i haven't even drawn my own comic book yet or my own illustrations so um you know unless it is so for me to to take on a commission it's it's a few things um well two things mainly is that the commission is really fun for me to do like it's it's an it's an attractive opportunity for me to you know let loose and and work on something which which i like doing which is really within my genre than the kind of stuff i like to draw um and you know that the obviously the pay rate is is decent and fair um if those two things aren't met usually i'm not really going to um bother trying to negotiate or anything like that i'll just be like yeah you know (laughs) i I wish i could man sorry but uh just too many other things on at the moment um you know it's it's really interesting to me ed like 
just that you you seem to to get these commissions almost effortlessly. So I'm really interested to hear like your side of things because, and I, I don't know if you can relate to it or if there was a time when you struggled to get commissions, but there are definitely artists out there, um, like my bro- brother, for example. You know, he's he's on the lookout for commission work at the moment who find it uh, difficult to know yeah. where, to, where to even start with that stuff. Like, so, you know, say that, say that I'm an artist and, you know, I haven't really put myself out there. You know, I don't have a huge following or anything like that. You know, wh- what is my first steps? And, and more importantly, what kind of art do I need to show that I can do? Like, I'm really interested to hear, like, what art are you showing, Ed, that is attracting so many people to it and, and wanting you to, to do stuff for them? I think uh, you kind of already said it, though. Like, I, I don't want to pick on your brother here or anything. I'm sure oh, yeah, Corey's yeah, yeah. a great guy and stuff. He's a cool dude. But, you know, you gave the example of somebody who doesn't put themselves out there and doesn't show their stuff much or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, I've been in the How to Draw Comics group for how long now? I don't know. Uh, been being an admin with, with all, all of us guys and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, and your brother's... You know, we work alongside each other in that way and stuff, right? Mm. But I think I can count on one hand the times that I've seen him post in the community. There you go. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, it's pretty rare and stuff. He, he's, not, he's not a, definitely not prolific, not even active. Do you know what I mean? He's pretty quiet, I would say, right? He's quiet, And yeah. so chances are he's quiet in, in other communities and stuff. I would be shocked if he was you know all over the other communities but very quiet in ours or something that 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 would really surprise me right Mm. and so you know i would say well you know and me and you have talked about this before who's going to sell you if you don't sell yourself absolutely and so um if your brother isn't 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 whoring himself out there if he's not (laughs) pitching himself if he's not uh slinging it you know then who's going to do it for him maybe he expects you to you know, I know, I know he doesn't, but we're using this as an example yeah. and stuff, right? Yeah. That, listen, if somebody wants commissions, they've really got to get themselves out there and stuff. They've got to, you know, get their name out there, get their reputation out there, be part of these different communities mm. and stuff like that, right? And tr- start to build that up. Unless you're Jim Lee, unless, you know, reputation comes from either grassroots in the community or for from some big event. Like you got, mm. you know, you you got published with Marvel DC and you did a, a run on them for a while, then you can run on that reputation and stuff. Right. Um, yeah. So I would say, you know, like my advice for anybody and this is, and, and I've had a lot of guys come to me and say, Hey man, how can I get like commissions like this and stuff mm. like that? And I would say, yeah, get yourself out there, uh, be part of different communities um, and have a established system of, of commissions when people do contact you that you aren't like tripping over yourself trying to say oh well you know can i make it streamlined like when i'll go into mcdonald's or go into any place and i want to buy something yeah punch 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 checkout do you know what i mean like you know we know this if we're trying to sell a product and there's way too many convoluted steps to to buying that product Mm -hmm. uh you know what this, this is too much for me right you know or yeah so even when I look at people's, uh, like usually people will have some type of, they'll make up some type of uh, price list, right? You know, mm. you know, uh, $40 a headshot, $60 a full figure, 
uh, hundred and up for uh, a scene or whatever it is, you know, and they'll lay it out. Some people's price lists are so convoluted. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this? It, it, it's like my, my daughter's math homework or something. I'm trying to, you know, figure out ratios and all this kind of, I can't figure this shit out. It's too much. Right. Yeah. And yeah. maybe it works for them. Maybe their clientele is also convoluted or something, but I like it simple. You know, just lay out the prices and then put a little disclaimer and stuff and say, these are base prices, uh, you know, mm. private message for more details or whatever, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Mm. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think there's that uh, when it comes to the choice of artwork. Right. Oh, yep. sorry. Did you have a comment about communication? Uh, yeah. Well, were you going to say something? Or no? Just one quick question, actually. Like, how, how your father? Are you gonna make fun of your brother here? <laughs> no, I've told him the exact same thing. I'm like, dude, you need to you need to post more and, and show people your artwork. Like you're doing some he was showing me some killer stuff the other day. I'm like, damn dude, this is insane. Why haven't you showed me this? <laughs> like Um But um anyway, yeah, so right. so yep. you know, how how often would you say to say post on social media and, and to show your artwork? Would you say once a day, once a week, maybe every other day throughout the week? Um, depends how, you know, is art your full-time job? Um, are you trying to make it your full-time job? Mm. If it's your full-time job, then I would treat, uh, marketing as, as a big part of that. Yeah. And that's how I look at posting, whether, depending on how you want to do it. But let's say, um, you're putting in a 40 hour week drawing. Mm. Uh, I think it would be reasonable to take five hours that week out of that and put it in the marketing. Heck yeah, man. Um, you know, do you know what I mean? Like if if you're uh, working eight hour days, five days a week, and we all know if you're if you're an artist full time, you're doing way the fuck more than that, right? Oh yeah. But let's just take it as forty hours, right? Um, then posting posting one hour a day, uh, and you know one hour a day of posting is a shit ton of posting. That's a lot of of if you're actively planning on posting. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. you've got a strategy of saying because you don't go to the same group and hit them day after day after day. You rotate posts and you rotate comments and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm. Um, even five hours would be a massive amount per week. I think you could get away with one hour of focused posting in in a week. You know, spread out to like say twenty minutes a day or whatever it is, right? Or yeah. whatever it is, right? Um, and that would be great for marketing. You know, I think if if you really are focused on it, just like any other job, then marketing's a, a part of that. If it, you know, and we've talked about this, even you know, kids going to art school and stuff like that, they graduate and they don't know how to sell their stuff. No, yeah, they don't know how to sell themselves or their skill. <laughs> they leave that out of art school for some reason. Right. So, it, yeah, if you're you know if you're working forty hours a week, if you if you say you're a full time artist and you're not taking marketing seriously you better hire yourself an agent to do it for you then well that's when you need an agent 100 percent, exactly um okay so so right. the, the kind yeah. of artwork yeah. that you're putting out ed um well, okay yeah the kind of artwork this is where it gets different yeah right? yeah uh, okay so looking at Corey's, for example you know like and looking at yours and looking at mine let's let's take those three because mm -hmm. those are the three on the table right now right, right. good examples um Obviously, looking at yours, 90s throwback image, uh, top cow type of stuff, right? Uh, where would it be great at? It would be great for, in my opinion, cover work. Um, you know, I think almost any indie uh, writer slash creator out there would be smart to contact you if their book had any 
any of the 90s hallmarks or anything to it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, if, uh, if there was any kind of retro vibe at all to it, you know, they'd be all over you and stuff like that. I personally think uh, Top Cow uh, image... Oh, no, yeah. you, you'd be a perfect fit for those guys and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So, so if I was you, that would be the direction I would be heading. That I would even just send them my stuff and send them some sample pages, and I'm sure you'd get picked up, right? I know you got other projects on the table right now, right? But <laughs> oh yeah, I think know your wheelhouse, because to be honest, I haven't seen anything outside of that wheelhouse from you in a very, very long time. Okay, I know you can draw a few other things. I know you like anime and stuff like that. Yep. But you really have been contained in that '90s wheelhouse for, for a while since the mm. '90s. No, not from that long. <laughs> no, but yeah. almost right. Yeah. And so, I think sell yourself with, you know, brand yourself as that. Sell yourself with it, and I think you'd be great. When Absolutely. I when I look at Corey stuff, um, he's got more of a, and I'm gonna say this in in, in a in a kind of way that, it's got a. a dark murky dungeons and dragons feel to it it does you know he reminds me of the kid that sits at the back of the class in middle school and works the fucking details out of that piece until you he drew every scale on that dragon or something like that Do you know what i mean like that's yeah. that's what Corey's work reminds me of and stuff and his colors are a little bit muddy and stuff and he's got this dark tone to it all and stuff and so like um yeah for him i'd be hitting up uh, the dungeon. <laughs> Sorry, I'm coughing here, but I'm laughing as well. The yeah. Dungeons and Dragons circuit. You know, go knocking on those basement doors, windows, and say, "Hey guys, are you playing? I got some artwork for you." You know, like, yeah, heck yeah, and, and doing it like idea. that, right? Um, you know, I, I think looking at, at at his artwork, unless there's there's stuff of his that I'm missing, hmm. that's where I see his strengths, right? And so I think that it would be that would be smart for him, right? For me. Um, you know, my artwork is is almost a, a middle ground between uh, Western animation and Western comics. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, I often kind of walk that line between a comic book look to it and almost like it could be a cartoon look or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's it's not simplified like a Bruce Tim look, um, but it's not rendered to all hell with inks and stuff like that, right? Yeah. It's often a fine line, cel-shaded work that... Uh, that is made famous by guys like uh, Jeff, Jeffrey Chamba Cruz, you know, like, uh, yeah, those kind of guys, right? They, they, um, they have that thin animation cell look to their artwork, even though it's a still frame, right? Mm-hmm. And so I can kind of walk in between that line just a little bit. And so for me, I kind of, uh, that's where I get my clients from, I think. I think, you know, people that look at cartoons and kind of like it, you know, Western cartoons, not the Japanese anime look and stuff, and um, obviously stuff. Uh, so I think I kind of broaden myself out in that way. And if you've seen even more of my, you know, I do kind of cute stuff. I do um, uh, kind of some more realistic stuff. Um, so I would almost say I'm I'm borderline on a commercial artist. I think if somebody handed me a, a project and said, "Hey, I want you to do this, but I want you to do it in a Bruce Tim style." Yeah, hell yeah, I could do that. Yeah, cool. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I don't think it's so far out of my wheelhouse that I wouldn't be able to, to accomplish it. So that broadens my my client base a little bit. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, if somebody was to contact me and say, hey, I want me and my friends, but all cute little chibis, like we're blasting in from a Japanese anime, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and listen, I don't say I can do something unless I know I can do it, right? Like, that's just my personal style. So... 
I think I learned this a lot from a guy named Lawson Wallace. Mm-hmm. He was one of my mentors and has been for years and stuff, right? And he uh, is a commercial artist. And boy, he, you know, if you look at him compared to some of the classic Marvel or like Marvel guys from the 70s, he, he holds up pretty well, right? But what he's great at is being able to do commercial art. So um, DC or whoever will contact him and say, hey, we've got a coloring book. But we want it in a simplified style. We got Superman and, and his super friends or something like that. And he'll be like, okay, he'll send them a couple versions, you know, of, of a stylistic choice. And they'll be like, yep, we want version number C, whatever. And he runs with that for the whole book. So I think that's the point I kind of respect. And I think I would like to aspire to. And I think that's why I also get clients. I don't know. what Does that all make sense to you? Like for the stylistic uh, clients choices and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Or do you see it differently? I, I do think it makes a lot of sense, actually, man. And and you do have that kind of modern comic book style, actually, that that is within comics right now, which is mm-hmm. which is probably why it is so um, desirable to a lot of people. Um, you, you know, you're, you're right. I, it, it is so funny because I think that a lot of the '90s uh, image artists, like Jim Lee, Mark Silvestri, you know, they've come a long way, but they still kind of have that '90s vibe to their work, don't they? Oh, totally. And, and, you know, I think that I'll just never let go of that because I, I really love doing that. So, you know, that's that's kind of my next question, right? Like, we can look mm. at Corey's work and he's got this this very dark, like, grungy style. It's almost like Greg, like the old work that uh, Greg Capullo did on Spawn, actually, if you've ever seen okay. that. Um, yep. So lots of detail, heavy rendering, lots of shadow. Um, kind of a cross between that actually and maybe some of David Finch's other work. Um, so, you know, he's definitely got an established theme that he works within. Now, just using him as an example, and I'm, he won't mind if, if I use him as an example. This will be insightful to him. <laughs> so no choice now. So, you know, would it be worth his while to say, do a few fan arts of The Flash or Superman or Spider-Man just to kind of cater for, you know, more of a broader audience? Or would it be more within his interest to kind of really double down on what he knows he's good at and the area that he likes to work within? So that means dragons and and goblins and orcs and and really kind of putting out artwork that is going to be more attractive to that kind of, I guess, market area that he's established himself within. Like, what do you think would be best? Yeah, you know... Totally up to him. Um, I think that uh, personally, as I've kind of outlined, I like diversity in my artistic skill. So for me, I would do both of what you suggested. I'd do some Spidey stuff, um, some mainstream heroes or characters or whatever. I might even throw a Harry Potter fan art in the mix and then branch totally. it into dragons and then swing it all the way around into Avatar or something. I don't know. Um, yeah. But it's up to Corey, you know, like it's, it's totally up to him how he feels. The only thing that I would say is like, listen, if, if he loves Dungeons and Dragons and I don't know if he does, we're just kind of, I'm just rolling with this. Right. Yeah. If he loves it and he loves rendering out those dragons and all the scales and all that kind of stuff. Good for him. Double down on it. Get the best at it. You know, when people think of it, they think, holy sugar smacks, that guy is fucking Mm. good. Right. And that's all good. Totally. But, if he's not making money and he's years invested into it, mm. take another look at it. Because, you know, I can love drawing, I don't know, like uh, 
NFL characters or something like that, you know, mascots and stuff, right? And I could love it and I could be awesome at it and I could be the best at it. And 10 years later, I'm making no money at it. I've got to make a real decision of why I'm doing it. And that's cool. You know, if, if, if it's a hobby, like, I don't know what Corey's doing for full-time income or anything yep. like that. We're, t- we're picking on him a little bit here and stuff like that <laughs> in a good way. Yeah, but I mean, like, we're using him as an example. And if, and if he's just doing it as a hobby and it's something he loves, and he's like, damn, man, I got dragons all up in my crib. And my, you know, my, my man cave downstairs is, is called the Dragon's Den and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and, you know, and he, he, and he says it all in an Aussie accent, right? Yeah. Um, but <laughs> uh, if, if that's his passion... And, you know, he and his and his wife, fiance, significant other, whatever it is. And she's like, you know, I love Corey and whatever. I don't care if he loves dragons, you know, and it's all good. She doesn't give a shit and they're all happy and everything like that. Then just keep it as a beautiful thing, man. Keep it as a hobby and love it and roll with it. And it's all good. But if you're pumping it out year after year and you're not making money at it, and you need to be making money at it. Hmm. That's when I think you say, okay, you know what? My love is dragons. My skills are dragons. But nobody's buying dragons right now. Mm-hmm. How can I make money? You know, where do I shift this into? Nobody's buying dragons right now, but Harry Potter's the bomb. Well, you know, I don't, how can I transition? Maybe, you know, I'm pretty good at magic effects with the dragons and all that you know what, I'm going to take a stab at this and see if I can kind of pull that into my wheelhouse, right? And that's how you do it, I think. You know, like, I, I think it's it's a matter of, you know, follow your interests, follow your passions so long as you can afford it. <laughs> and if you yeah. can't, then figure out what makes money. Yeah, because you're right there, actually. You don't, I mean, it, I think, you know, my uh, inclination is, is that, you know, the customer is always right if you're working for the customer. But then there's that argument that, Hey, you know what? If you stick to your guns and you do what you love, say it's dragons, then all the people out there who are looking for dragons are going to come straight to you because you're the best at doing sure. dragons. Um, yep. But I think you know it's a good idea not to necessarily confine yourself to just that because I think all of these different genres and themes can branch out into multiple areas, right? Um, sure. You know, you think about. I mean, it might, you might love drawing dragons, but maybe you branch out to, to fantasy as a general genre. You know, that's never going to go out of fashion. People right. are going to love that forever. Right. And, you know, you get good yep. at drawing um, orcs and elves and all that other good stuff. But you and know, naked to, chicks riding on dragons. Which, you know, again, never goes out of fashion. <laughs> right. So, you know, right. Frank, Frank Frazetta knows um, how, how much but, uh, of a uh, exactly career you can make out of that. Mind on. Yeah. And so, you know, I think that um, even if it's just a hobby and, you know, do a hobby that you love, I get it and stuff like that. But in my opinion, for me, I would want to grow. You know, I would want to grow beyond that one tiny little dragon scale and be able to say, okay, I've mastered dragons. Now I'm moving on to all fantasy creatures and stuff like that and Mm. big painted scenes and everything like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if I'm not making money off of it, I would still want growth. Totally. Um, But we're here talking about commissions. So we're talking about cash. We're talking about making money. We're talking about that kind of stuff. So, you know, hobbies are a little bit different and and not really the focus of this this discussion today, right? You know, it's... uh, Mm let's stick to commissions and i got i got a topic that popped in my mind when you were talking earlier yeah and it's an interesting one okay yep go ahead danger 
Okay. Danger signs, man. Okay. You know, uh, <laughs> when I've I've been contacted uh, by clients, or potential clients, people, or whatever, mm. and I will just all of a sudden the conversation will just go freaking weird or something or hinky and i'll be like what the freak is this and i'll just say you know what um i think at this point it's best if i i bow out of this and i'll i'll, I'll say something pretty respectful I, I won't tell them like i think you're a weird freak or anything like that i'll just say i i think that this this isn't really working for us or whatever um but i want to ask you like i've got a, a few in my mind but what have you ever seen any danger signs that <laughs> pop up and you'll be like nope i'm out <laughs> um, well, you know, I mean, one of my first commissions uh, that, that I was requested to do, which I didn't do, was pretty weird, actually. And I was like, yeah, you know, like, there's other artists out there that can take care of that kind of thing for you. Um, they they don't really, um, you know, that, that's when I was a bit more of a sensitive, like, 16-year-old. But, um, you know, these days a red flag for me is going to be things like, People paying, uh, having really delayed payments, for example, or who are going to pay you based on spec or for shares or something like that. That kind of thing you want to stay clear of or for exposure, right? I mean, there's no, there's no way that anyone's going to give you enough exposure in the world that it's going to lead to full-time work. Even people working on like the X-Men, for example... You know, I mean, it's going to get, definitely put them up there for sure, but I don't know who's working on the X-Men at the moment, you know, like yeah. if I wanted to hire them. And it doesn't necessarily guarantee that you're going to get regular work. So, you know, if some some client who you've never heard of before is saying, hey, you know, we're going to give you all this exposure, I mean, so you get a, a couple, like, hundred, maybe even thousands of likes, right? That doesn't necessarily equate to, to more work down the line. So... I think that the, they are the main things that yeah. I always look out for. Uh, something that goes back to yeah, kind of I what you were saying. Yeah, I think exposure is one. Yeah, so, something that goes back to what you were saying before as well is, um, you know, you, you do have to be wary that, you know, clients are also people as well. So um, you're, you're 100% right. Sometimes you have to coax the details out of them a little bit because they can be extremely vague Yep. as as to what they want and sometimes you'll just have that chemistry with the client where they'll they'll be like okay can you draw me a space dude um and with a big gun like his gun has to be big and that's mm -hmm. all they'll give you and you just happen to draw up the perfect thing and they love it each each and every time right that's awesome you have a great relationship with that particular yep. client but Sometimes, I mean, if that's not already established, you've really got to make sure that you have a very clear idea of exactly what they want. Note it down so that if they change their mind later, you, which they often do, by the way, um, you know, you, you've got that there to say, no, you, you told me you wanted this and now you're changing your mind. Um, I'll also say as well that, you know, make sure that when, you, when you're kind of negotiating that the price and, and you settle on that stuff, try to get definitely get paid at least half up front um, because if they can't at least pay you half up front then usually that's a bad sign already right that's definitely a red flag it means mm -hmm. that they're not if they can't pay you half up front then they're definitely not they definitely don't have the budget to pay you the full price of what you're asking yep yeah yep I agree with that um, what about yourself I think for me danger signs are are in the communication yeah they're they're in the communication, whereas in like, 
um, you know, for example, I'll, I'll tell somebody that, okay, it's, you know, I'll have a sketch for you within a week and then they message me the next day. Where is it? Where is it? Or, you know, some intensity level that, uh, doesn't jive with, with the schedule or something like that, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, I think people that will be making a lot of changes early on in the process that, you know, are, are making kind of things difficult or anything, you know, um, mm. I, I try to like, I think there's, there's this realm of, um, everything's easy. Then there's kind of the normal customer, which is a huge category of communication. Like it, it, it's not perfect. Everybody flubs up. It's okay. And stuff like that. And then there's this extreme, uh, 2% or something like that, that are extremely demanding, extremely pushy. Mm. Um, you know, it, just extreme, right? People, but you like, oh, you're lucky I picked you. There's tons better than you. Um, so you should give me half price. Otherwise, I'll go somewhere else. Or, like yeah. you get some of the strangest messages and you're like, okay, man, no, you, good luck, you know, go ahead, yeah. you know. And, and you've seen some of these artists post up some exchanges that they've had and stuff. And some people are really, and I, I don't use this term lightly, but psycho. Do you know what I mean? They just really flip their lid on this stuff, right? Yeah. And so I think those are some real danger signs. You know, the one thing I am going to disagree with you about exposure, though, Mm-hmm. when people approach me and I, I've had, I just had a, a buddy approach me the other day and he was asking me about uh, uh, doing pieces for him in, in his comic book and stuff like that. And, and, uh, and a couple other things and people have uh, approached me over exposure and stuff. I'll just say, yeah, what's the return on investment? Mm-hmm. They'll be like, what do you mean? I'll be like, okay, well how many, uh, you know, how many subscribers slash uh, followers do you have on this site? Uh, what's your average uh, click-through rate? You know, I'll ask some specific details of, you know, what's the return on this investment and stuff like that. You know, if I'm doing X amount of hours of work, where is my return? You know, um, for example, I'll compare it to a, a Facebook ad. If I put a Facebook ad out there uh, for $100 or something like that, right, um, I'll get 20,000 views. I'll get, uh, you know... Out of that 20,000 views, uh, 1,000 likes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then on the link itself, it'll be like 600 click-throughs and then 60 purchases. You know, do you know what I mean? It drops down in percentage, percentage, yeah. percentage, right? So I'm like, that's what I'm looking for for you. If, if you expect me to do X amount of hours, which is worth X amount of money, so let's say I'm doing the cover for your book or, what, you know, the banner on your website, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Where are the numbers to support this? Where, where do I get all of these numbers coming into viewing my work, viewing me and clicking on my site, right? Mm-hmm. And if you can give me those numbers or give me above those numbers or something like that, um, then for sure. Like you mentioned some guy was got mentioned on PewDiePie or something like that. And he's like, fuck it. I'll keep drawing. Yeah. He drew for 24 hours or something like that or 48 yeah. hours or something stupid. Yeah, he did. He did. Yeah. You know what? When you've got a couple million people tapped into you, you know, millions of people, not a couple million, millions of people tapped mm. into you, um, then you fucking run with it. Hell yeah. You know, that's exposure. That's what I'm talking about. That's at that point, it's it's worth it and stuff like that. Like if somebody with real uh, pulling power, you know, that has real followers or real pull in an industry comes up and rides along and says, hey, man, could you you know, you want to do this work with me or whatever. If Jim Lee rolls up on me and says, Hey, I'm looking for somebody to work with me on this project. I'll be like, man, don't even mention pay. 
Yeah, totally. <laughs> Man, I'll pay you. Totally. I don't give a shit. At this point, the exposure would be so massive and the experience would be so awesome for me. It's worth it. But 99.9999999 whatever percent of people that offer exposure mm. don't have it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Does that make sense? <laughs> Unless it's Jim Lee or PewDiePie, um, you know, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't do it. But you know, really good point. Um, I mean, that's a, it's a very great, great argument there that uh, I, I can't really rebuke. I mean, it's a hundred percent true. Um, but you know, you'd be, you'd be surprised, man. I mean, like, uh, I've uh, one of the the bigger projects that I worked on would have been a few years years back now was uh this this hd remake of zelda and um uh it was uh the the twilight princess right the video game um and you know i was in the credits and everything and so was the rest of the team and stuff and it's like well you know nobody even really knows about that unless i tell them that that i was in it and and you'd think that you know a project like that would would bring bring a bunch of exposure but it it surprisingly doesn't no. you know what's that sorry it it depends how you parlay it as well yeah I, I think it depends how you parlay it like who was it we had death was it death we were talking to I can't yeah. remember and we were talking about um, somebody who did some work show or a movie yeah right did the posters for it or something like that and they got IMDB credits off of it yeah and because of those IMDB credits it then brought them other work do you know what i mean or i've known guys that have done work for uh what are those sketch card companies and stuff i like got yeah and then because of that they're linked to marvel and they're able to claim marvel uh, experience do you know what i mean and yeah. then it gets them into other doors opening and stuff so there there are mm. some opportunities out there yeah, i know guys right. that have worked yeah. for hbo and stuff i like got once you Right. Once you get IMDb credits or something like that, you know, it, it helps parlay into other things and stuff. So I think that it's possible. Um, you know, I've, I've worked for Image Comics. And so, you know, that is, I get to put that as pr- professional credentials and stuff, right? Wait, you it did. wasn't a huge role. I, I did, uh, yeah, I did three. What did I do? <laughs> See, this is how much I can even remember of this. <laughs> I did the colors on two books, I think. That's amazing. I did the finishing pencils on two books. I did uh, some colors on covers for the annual. This was all for, uh, you know, Rob Liefeld's uh, book, Evangeline. What? Uh, it's it's a girl with a big sword and stuff. Kind uh, of dude, that she's, is cool. Yeah, and so, like, if you go on Comic Vine, you'll see my credits and stuff like that. But, you know, I, that... that project in itself i don't think netted me a lot but what it did was one it gave me cool experience working with some of those guys right yeah of I think course owen giovanni or something was the main lead artist on it so him sending me his his rough pencils me finishing them up inking them um you know that was awesome right and then coloring for him and stuff like that right um but beyond that then it added pro credentials so then when i applied to comic cons and uh, new york or whatever and i said you know, I added that to my resume and say, well, yeah, I've worked here and you can, you know, you could check the sourcing on it. I've, I'm, I'm in the book, right? Mm. So you can use it. The, you know, it's just how you use it, right? Absolutely, man. Yeah. Well, um, that's amazing that you've worked, worked for Image, man. I did not know that. That is super cool. How, did, how the heck did you score that? 
the artist, uh, I think I was in a community somewhere or whatever, and the lead artist, uh, it was on Facebook. We were chatting about something and, geez, now I'm trying to even remember how it was. And he was running behind on a couple deadlines and he's like, man, can you help me with this, uh, this short? Right. Wow. And I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's show it to me. Right. And he goes, well, you know, five pages in five days or so. I can't remember what the deadline was, but he goes like, it's tight. I need to get this done. And I was like, yeah, man, you know, I'm fast. I'm fast and furious. Right. So, and then after that, I did a couple other pieces for it, for the book and stuff. And, uh, yeah, it was cool. It was, it was, was, but that was six, seven years ago now or something like that. I can't remember when. So I, I sucked back then. I don't know why he (laughs) wanted me. (laughs) Hey man, it's, it's because you guys were buddies, you know, you had that connection there. Right. Yeah. It's important. Yeah, right. Um, and he, he's the one that's doing uh, Rat Queens now. He's got his own independent book. Oh, sweet. Uh, I think it's through Image still now, and it's called Rat Queens. Great book. Nice one. Check it nice. out, guys. All right. So we're uh, we're winding up on over an hour here. So uh, we'll have to, unfortunately, end it here, uh, Ed. And uh, it's been absolutely awesome, man. You, you've given us so much value this episode. I hope so. Yeah, man. Maybe I should attach my uh, commission price list to the to the icon for this podcast or something. Yeah, we'll get yeah. Corey to. We can drive drive some business to him or something. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> we'll we'll promote you guys. I've been actually attaching your uh, your, your Facebook art page to the. I saw that. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. That's oh, cool, good, man. It's the just to thank you for for being my trusty co-host. And oh, that's uh, fun. You know, I'm um, hanging out. But, you know, this is a huge topic, obviously, you know, getting more commissions as a freelance artist. And what I've done is I've been in the middle of writing up a huge post on howtodrawcomics.net in the in the blog, uh, which will cover this, everything we've talked about, plus more and a whole lot more details. So, um, you know, even though we didn't get through, you know, how to price your work and, you know, how to uh, negotiate necessarily and you know, conducting yourself in a professional manner. I do go over all of that in an extended uh, fashion within this blog post. So I'll leave a link to that actually in the description of this podcast episode. So you'll you'll have access to that if you want to read up on it a little bit more. You know, I know that this is an important topic for all of us. So um, I'll make sure that's available. Yep. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Ed, for all the listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in yet again. It's been an absolute blast. Until next time, keep on practicing, keep on creating, and we'll see you here again next week.